This is the fringe. Hello. Hi. It has been so long since I've recorded something here in the studio. Uh, normally, I'm out in the <clears throat> what is known as the studio viewing room, or just otherwise denoted by the Chromecast in that room basement. Um, so it's it's nice to uh, say hi to everybody from the studio where it all started so many years ago. So what I need to do here is find Hangout. How do I do that? Eh, fine. I was told that there was a plunking address. Uh, plunking. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't know what's going on with that. I guess so, but. So how's everybody doing out there in the audience today? Everybody doing uh, pretty well? Big day? Big big week? Huge week? I think it's working. Hello? Check. Hi. Check one, two. I hear you. Hey, it's oh my gosh. It's working. I can't believe it worked. Magic. So good. Very magical. Such magic. Very good. Oof. Well, this is going to be one heck of a keynote, don't you think? <laughs> well, it, it, it pretty much was. It, it was one heck of a keynote. You're right. I forget how time works and tenses. Um, yeah, so we... Uh, it's, it's kind of... Uh, funny slash entertaining to me how um i caught probably about 45 percent of this mm-hmm. <laughs> um i was i saw the ipad bit i saw ar kit i saw most of ios 11 i missed most of the new macs and the new macs were like the well it was all pretty surprising but the new macs were the most surprising part i feel so i think it's it, it's weird because i don't know if they're really new or if they're just upgraded yeah so I, um, as I mentioned in chat, I don't Apple very well because I don't have a lot of the context behind a lot of the stuff they do because I don't have iOS right. and I barely have OS 10 slash Mac OS. Yeah. So, um, you know, unlike Brian, for example, uh, who's basically the Ian of Apple, um, this I really have true. no idea what's going on. This is very true. I'm, I'm like the Ryan of windows. <laughs> you're, you're the Brandon of Apple. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's how it works. It's like parallelism. Yes, that is like, ex- exactly how it works. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I love iOS, um, but I don't, I don't know if I saw anything that would convince me to get a new iPad this year. Well, so, you know, uh, I was thinking, so when they go on sale later this year, inevitably, because mm-hmm. they, they do that apparently. Um, you know, I might be tempted to get one with a pencil because uh, at work, um, a lot of the managers, PMs, and BAs, they have yeah. um, Surface Pros, and it's really compelling to be able to draw on these things. Now, sure. on the Surface Pro, it's well, maybe you can do screen sharing now because I saw that in the list somewhere. But um, right, 
you know that's that's really cool and it, i think if if you could screen share one note for example with you know your skype call like whoa that's that's pretty cool it's a virtual whiteboard <clears throat> yeah for sure for sure i'm trying to remember so i've seen that before on some like customer support stuff so i know it can be done like yeah. uh, there's this thing called bombgar that'll allow you to do that mm-hmm. um, but i don't know i don't know if it would be it certainly i don't think would be supported in skype and i don't even know if it would work in facetime yeah but totally you- right I don't, I, because uh, somewhere, um, they didn't talk about it during the keynote, but, well, I don't think they talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been in the, one of the word puck clouds. Um, they talked about screen sharing or something. So maybe that's a real thing now. I don't know. Yeah. So I've, I've heard that in terms of like just being able to airplay stuff. It might be an airplay two thing. I don't know, but we'll, we'll have to, that would be super awesome. I yeah. hope it comes to my air two, even though my air two is literally almost three years old now, which is, Unreal. No, over three years old. iPad Air two. <clears throat> yeah, the the whole the whole um, yeah, the whole lineup of iPads is so screwy now. Right. <laughs> well, it's it's something else too to see that like Apple is so clearly like so clearly like uh, so a lot clearly. of the product changes are in response to people. True. Right. Um. But on Which the other hand. Weird. They they yeah. when they used to not do that, it was easier for those people to understand what was going on. So, for right. example, you can click this compare button, and this compare button has dozens of iPad configurations in it. Yeah, and you're just like, wait, which one would I ever possibly want? Okay, it's, so yeah, it, we've it got less like a we've got 12.9 inch, 10.5 inch iPad and iPad Mini four, and Jeez. it's and, and it's oh my gosh, what a disaster! And then of course, there's for three real. colors, and then there's multiple sizes and then there's multiple wireless configurations right oh my gosh how many SKUs do you need more probably more not less more never never enough yeah you know as uh as the um etp people say it's uh tim cook's apple now mm-hmm. once you make it you never stop one this thing i will true. say that's really interesting about the whole ipad thing is you know the the golden price point the four ninety nine is the bar to hit, right? The four ninety nine price point doesn't exist anymore on any of these products. It's gone, and I think it's yep. amazing how they were able to achieve that. Yep, you got to force people into the upper bracket or the lower bracket. Take your pick. Yeah, you take your pick, and you you feel <clears throat> you feel so like the the upper bracket. You know, it's yeah. you, you can get a crappy iPad for three twenty nine, or you can get an actually good one. For six forty nine, and there's no in between. The air was maliciously and intentionally destroyed. Yep. Wow. This is very true. Skillful. Yep. Yep. Yes, indeed. Oh man. So be- before before we talk through all the things, before we talk through all the things, <laughs> what do you say we? Uh, what do you say we get? Uh, what do you say we get the show on the road? I think we should get the show on the road. Um, so um, we'll do. I'll do the title later. You know, in post. Yeah. So um, we can find a funny subtitle. So if you if you're going along here and you think of something funny or we say something funny, just feel free to write it in the episode subtitles section. Will do. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, that is that is usually Brian's. Uh, that is usually Brian's. Uh, Brian's domain, isn't it? Well, so so um, when I was doing the show with uh, Ian Buck the other day with uh, Google I/O, uh, yeah. he already had a subtitle picked from something they said that was funny. Oh so yeah, I don't, did, I don't know if I have that. I, I oh I do. Okay, did they? What did they say? That's funny. It was like thanks, furious potato, or something like that. Write it in. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And I and I will and I will literally leave it in caps lock when I yes. <laughs> no, but like the user's name was Furious Potato. So oh oh well here let's put right. it in, let's put it in um quotes then in quotes then because that's gonna break the CMS for sure. Oh no! Okay, let me see. No no, uh, no that's fine. It won't. It's WordPress. WordPress knows about curly quotes. It's okay. Aha! Uh-huh, yes, WordPress sure surely does. Is this Furious Potato a real thing? I swear it is. It well, if it's not, it is now. Okay, well, so there's somebody on Reddit named Furious Potato, and there's also an a, a an amino app. I don't know what an amino is. Pokemon amino. Oh yeah, I don't know what that is. Wow, this, this Furious Potato guy posted three months ago. Not then. That's it. Uh, well, I guess we can co-opt their name then. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um. Okay. Great. Um. I'll put in a marker when you're ready. All right. Let's go for it. Go. Woohoo! Nice. Okay, so I did not record. I did not record other subtitles. That's fine. We'll take it. <laughs> That's right. Furious Potato is pretty great. <laughs> That's so weird. Uh, let's see. Uh, what was this called? This is WWC 2017. Yeah. So they they had a transcript that I was looking at. I think. Did you find whether it was Furious Potato or something else? Well, so that's what I'm looking up now because I I need to know. I don't want a video. Bad, bad, bad Google. ASCII WWDC has not been updated with 2017 yet. It only has 2016. So the word Furious Potato. Furious Potato. Uh... Uh, I mean, if it happened, it it is so ungoogleable that <laughs> maybe it's not a thing that we use as a, as a subtitle. As a result, I okay, gotcha. Okay, so here's the funny thing. So I typed in "Furious Potato WWDC" and I put into Google's toolbar um, past week for d- results. So it popped up here. iPhone. Eight details leaked ahead of Apple double, Apple's WWDC 2017. And then I'm reading the description, which is from irishmere.ie. Foxconn nice. has apparently leaked crucial details of Apple's next headset. It the me. word furious potato does not appear anywhere. I getcha. Um, we are going to continue to use it as the subtitle because we said it during the French. <laughs> Yes, it works. Yeah, it works. And and I don't I don't know what it means, but that's okay. That's all right. Me neither. I'm just so angry at potatoes. That's that's fine. Well, they're the ones that are furious. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's not me that's angry. It is the potatoes. So true. So true. This um I'm I'm reading a little bit more about this uh, intelligent tracking prevention stuff. It's kind of cool. I'm going to send it to my phone so I can read more about it. But right on. Um, that's um, one of those things about privacy that uh, I kind of want to read more about. So last year they talked about this differential privacy stuff. And yeah. I am thoroughly uh, intrigued by that kind of stuff. Um, and so like we're, we're big enterprise where I work. And um, I've noticed that big enterprise has no concern whatsoever about privacy at all, like even a little bit. Right. Um. But it's funny, though, because, you know, there's all these confidentiality agreements and blah, 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 hush, hush. And 
they have no respect at all for their users, but all of their stuff is super top secret, conservative, not going to happen to talk to you dot com. And right. and so I, I want to find this balance where, you know, like there's this open source wing, like we can talk about the things that we don't we don't talk about what we work on, but we talk about the tech we used and how we achieved it when it's Absolutely. not proprietary. Um, we talk about how or we, we try to make users as um invested in the tech as possible by making sure that things they do are protected in a logical and consistent way, whether that be your password hashing mechanism or your analytics tracking through maybe differential privacy. Um yeah. and we try not to be big brother, big enterprise. Um that's my take. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so welcome to um the <laughs> Socialist Enterprise Hour with Ryan Rampersad. <laughs> no, I getcha, I getcha. So there's, there's there's so there's so much like um that I think a lot of companies don't don't like uh don't understand or aren't willing to 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 invest in as far as making decisions that um that protect uh user data. That's yes. kind of kind of a little a little alarming. Uh and uh I, I totally, I, I totally feel feel the same way in a lot of uh, in a lot of situations. I, I get that. Um, it's part of why, like my, uh, I'm, I'm trying to use uh, like free and open source operating systems where I can. I've disabled Cortana, right? Yeah. Um, Gosh, right. 10 on both my both my uh, Windows computers, which is a weird phrase that I would not have envisioned myself saying a year ago. But here, um, I, here, here we are running um, Bash on Windows, right? Exactly. I didn't exactly. think we were going to do that five years ago. Right. Right. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, bash on windows. Yeah. Like there's, there's just, uh, there's a lot to be said for, uh, investing in the ability to talk about what, like, or, or try, trying to find ways to talk about what you work, work on the technology behind it. If not the, uh, the particular folks, right. uh, or the particular applications of those technologies. Yes. Because like, that's one of the reasons why, why I really like JavaScript Minnesota and want yes. to keep, keep being involved with that group is because that allows me to say, okay, we're, we're doing, we're working with these sort with this sorts of tech. Uh, how about you? Right. right we, exactly. We can learn a lot from one, from one another by doing that. Yeah. And, and so like, um, I, I guess I wasn't really like, I don't, I wasn't working at the time, but Java kind of went through this period where, Everybody was, you know, working on these big enterprisey apps and and .NET too, also of course. Yeah. Um, parallel growth development there in the business market, and and so people right. just they would go off and build whatever weird little silo approach to a problem, and there would be some spread to the wider market when books were published, and you know this was kind of you know before two thousand ten. Um, right. And and so they, they, there were all these awful like I don't know like um localized hive mind knowledge sets and right. and it wasn't shared and it was all siloed away in these large groups of small groups of people um right you know like and and it was terrible and so then javascript kind of broke through that a little bit and that started spreading to all these languages but enterprise still sort of shares that mindset about we're going to keep this stuff to ourselves because our clients don't want us to talk about it but but we need to not do that anymore absolutely we need to talk about the tech so it's the only way the tech is going to get better. For real, absolutely for sure. So for I, sure, I love your your stance on JavaScript Minnesota. That's a great reason um, for that kind of thing to exist. It, it, it's not sharing business secrets. It's not sharing confidential things. It's not sharing proprietary technology. 
it's sharing approaches to technology that's already open source. Yep. You're not losing yep. anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're gaining a ton. Yes. You know, you're gaining business exposure. You're gaining experience. You, you're gaining listening to other people. You're gaining maybe even speaking experience. I mean, there's just so much there. Truly, truly. Mm-hmm. So, hey. With all that said, <laughs> you want to give a talk? You want to give a talk in uh, June or July? Uh, we'll see. Um, I gotcha. probably could do one of those Vuex things. Um, be awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, I, man, I um, I use Vue a lot at work these days, and man, that's awesome. You know, um, on Twitter. So, do you, do you follow any of the people who actually work on WebKit? A couple of them, yeah. Yeah, so I followed a guy recently who works on WebKit. I guess this is like full time job somehow, and mm-hmm. um, uh, he he um made sort of this side jokey kind of comment like, oh, if only people who used React tried Vue, they'd love it. And um, you know, I tweeted at him like, yeah, I really appreciate in Vue all those things that I don't have to do in React that Vue right. just does for me automatically. And so then some people started asking me, so like, what are those things? And I gave some examples and they're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'd love to. So I should check your Twitter feed for this. But what, <laughs> what were some of those in high, high so, level? Yeah. So like, for example, um, dealing with forms is simply obnoxious no matter where you are, what framework or library. Right. And for me, the easiest way to deal with a form is to have two-way binding. So stuff goes in, stuff comes out. It's just all the same value. It's wonderful. I don't need to have stateful forms. They're just, they are whatever value they are. And when you hit go, it submits it and the form gets reset. It's the simplest thing. And yeah. two-way binding, perfect. To set up two-way binding, it's trivial to do in React. I understand. But Vue just offers it out of the box. Great. Cool. Yep. Look at all the setup you have to do for Redux. Um, you have to have, you know, tons of stuff set up and ready to go. And you still have to share down state all the way down. And you still have to use a mixin, even though they tell you not to use mixins. And in Vuex, it's really easy. And it's all namespaced and ready to go. It's it's a very simple layout-to-layout kind of thing. And you don't have to break away from the typical JavaScript nature of mutations. Or not mutations. Um, you know, updating variables directly. You don't have yeah. to maintain a pristine immutable state continuously you update the actual value of the store you don't have to change how you think you just get to work how you work um interesting you know there's there are things in view um for one of the things like we do a lot of t- uh, prototyping like kind of just like quick mock-ups having to transcode somebody's mock-up from from html or even worse i guess a, uh, a photoshop file would suck to have to convert that to uh, jsx but in Vue, I can just use HTML, and I don't have to worry about it. Um, Bootstrap 4 is a nightmare because all of the docs are wrong, and it's being updated all the time. And so all the libraries that do component abstractions for Bootstrap components, well, they're all old or wrong or uh, abstract too much, in my opinion. But with Vue, I can use HTML, which means I can use classes directly. Right on. So there's there's things that you just get in view that you don't maybe get in Angular or React because it's just a little different. And I really appreciate those things. Yeah, for sure. That all sounds like awesome stuff. Tune into Ryan's developer hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Good old no, days. No, I gotcha. So uh, I, I will, so to, to light a little fire under you for, <laughs> Go uh, for, it. Uh, for June, uh, we, we do have some talks about uh, 
Ember and how Ember does things differently. Oh yeah. Kind of, yeah. That are also kind of slated for, for June. So if you want to get a lightning talk in for June, I think that'd be really interesting because you're, mm-hmm. you're right. The JavaScript community community is kind of, uh, or I guess in some circles react is kind of the darling of that community. It really is. Uh, but it's funny because, um, you know, the, the Ember people can crawl out of the woodwork and sort of like, Hey, look at the stable platform. <laughs> Very true, very true. Look, our tooling hasn't changed six times in the last year. Ha <laughs> uh, Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I, also have opinions as somebody who's worked predominantly with React Native, but also with React and other, uh, other senses about this. I think there's something to be said for being able to compose your own, own tool set. Um, I think you, you run, run into some difficulties when none of those tools are mature. Yep. Um, that's, that, then it's kind of like you're, you're building a sandcastle, but where like the ocean is all, but the sandcastle is in the middle of the ocean. So it's just like, wherever you build a thing, that's when everything else starts to fail because you haven't, uh, yet you haven't built up the other part. And there's this constant ocean of people improving other tools in breaking ways. Is this a react metaphor? It is a react metaphor. Okay. Cause that's also a view metaphor. Oh, that is a that is a view metaphor. Well, so oh, one, man. so I made a reference I didn't remember. So, so one of the things that I've always said about Angular is you kind of get the whole like continent, and you might not have wanted a continent. You you just wanted a little island, and now you have to take care of the yeah. whole continent. Yeah. Um And and so in, in in React, just like you say, you kind of get a little island, and then you go make a sandcastle. That's great, and it's composable, and it's wonderful, and then you get to make all your toolings, or you get to use Create React app and kind of just print yourself a standardized island. And so Vue is kind of the same way. So they have the Vue CLI, which kind of prints yeah. you out a starter project, and it's great. And one of the things I appreciate with Vue, though, is that it kind of just, you don't there's none of that injecting nonsense. You just, uh-huh. it spits out the configuration for you, and you can tweak it however you want after it's made. There's no ejecting. You don't get to update it. None of that nonsense. You're responsible. I'm okay with that. Um, but but it's it's that same thing though because if since you are responsible and the the whole other ocean is kind of constantly attacking your island, you might not know what to do like at right. all. Like things just won't work at some point. Um, yep, and he'll be like, "Why? Why did this?" What? Why is this breaking in this particular very arcane way? And this this used to work last week, and all I did was npm install. Yeah. Why? Oh no, that's because you should have used yarn or npm five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true as well. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh, I made a joke about that on Twitter recently. Like, so are we all going from yarn back to npm now? A good question. <laughs> I, d- I don't know yet. I, I tend to see, so the thing is when I tend to use, uh, whether I use Yarn or NPM, I always make a typo in the third argument to NPM run. Oh, of course. I think I've had probably six or seven tweets about this in the past three years. Yeah. Uh, of course, before Yarn existed, mostly it was NPM that I made this joke about. But most recently there was that Yarn run IIS one. That yep, was pretty, yep, yep. <laughs> pretty great. As you can tell, I was working with React Native there. It should have been iOS. Um, but uh you're absolutely right that like this oscillation between which which npm registry client should be used is a little bit a little bit goofy. I'm, I'm just, there's so much goofy stuff. Yeah. So so um the um the the person who works on um WebKit not Web was I saying WebKit the whole time? You were. I I, I, I meant Webpack and you know it. 
<laughs> I do. I do know it. I do know. Oh it. my gosh! There's too many webs and kits and packs. I don't even know what's going on. What if we pre-packed the web kit no, into, no. into a zite? Oh, oh my gosh! I'm going to have to turn you off now. <laughs> oh. oh no! Oh shh! Oh no! <laughs> Get it now. Dot sh. Oh man! Oh man! Oh. Too hipster oh. to believe. So, man, that should that could almost be a whole nother discussion about now insight and hyper and oh my gosh, those people. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, hey, uh, while we're on the phone, and we probably want to talk about something that is anything but this ridiculous nature of the language that we spend most of our time working with. Um, I'm working on an update to the JavaScript Minnesota site. Yeah. Which I was actually recently browsing, actually, which is funny. Yeah, yeah, it needs a little bit of love. Um, it it looks fine in most uh, most viewports, which is kind of great. Um, but uh, there were very significant spell spelling errors until recently, which annoyed me like mad. But I just never look at the site, and I don't actually know. I well, so I used Git Blame to figure out who put these uh, these spelling errors in there because, of course, I need to know if it was me. <laughs> was uh, it you? I, it was not me. Okay, but, what's uh, the domain of this thing? Because I apparently am blind. JavaScriptMN.com. Okay, good. That's what I typed in, and I just I just needed to make sure. Um, so why are there two like repos? Like, are there two repos? Yes. So GitHub.com/slash/JavaScriptMN has the website, which is JavaScriptMN.github.io. Okay. And then it has JavaScriptMN, which is the administration repo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know what you should do? You should um, put the link to the website in one of those, or both of them. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I can't log into GitHub on this computer, though. That, that's fine. Don't don't worry about it. Actually, maybe I can. So, how, so you're using Gatsby for that. How, how, how are you liking that? Uh, at first it was annoying, then it was great, and then it was annoying, and now it's great. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, okay. Is that yeah, is that I, the um, React one or is that just the general JavaScript one? That is the uh, a good question. So it definitely uses React under the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. A, so what happens is you end up with a React app for sure. Um, I think one of the things that's nice about it, for me at least, is that I can. Um, I can create custom components and I'll show you why here. I'll put this in the Slack. Uh, this is on public GitHub, so it's not like private or anything. We could probably put it in the fringe notes if we're still recording, which I bet we are. We, we are, but it doesn't matter. They'll, they, okay. the, the, the listeners can Google it, right? This is true. This is true. Meetup.js. Uh, wow. What a yeah. component. Yeah. So this is a pretty basic component. Uh, it just pulls in this, some goofy does, what stuff. Is, what is this crazy? That URL? Yeah, this crazy thing. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to send you another link. <laughs> uh, is that so, uh, one of those uh, Lambda deals? Sure is. Nice. So I created a, the world's most boring Lambda function that imports a node package and then on every request makes a call to an API. Nice. So you'll, you'll see it right there. Yep. It signs the request with a meetup key, and it pulls the next event from the uh, meetup API. Man, look at you requiring and then immediately executing a function because you just somehow trust that require returned one. 
Oh man, that's well, so terrifying. If Required didn't return one, then uh, then we've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I've, got, I've got bigger problems than the <laughs> fact that this uh, that this API isn't isn't working. If uh, if uh, that import doesn't work, hey, look, um, you got your yarn lock file here. Sure do, sure <laughs> do, because it is installed with yarn. Uh, so hopefully that hopefully ostensibly that means if it doesn't run if if it runs in. Uh, in dev, it'll run in production, right? Because the right. Yarn lock file will protect me against, excuse me, any sort of weird package registry stuff. Hopefully. Or will it? Yeah, or will Who it? Who knows? Nobody. Who knows? There is a carrot in that package, Jason. So it could upgrade whenever <sighs> I want. Yeah. Uh, but, but suffice it to say, what this does is this makes it so that I don't have to put my meetup API key in, uh, in yeah. a public repository. Totally makes sense. <laughs> Look at you uh, using fetch API. Oh, hipster. Yeah, I should probably use a polyfill. I'll probably will use a polyfill by the time I merge, but um but so, also So so how does how does um Gatsby like handle like so it's it's all just javascript and you can generate whatever you want. Yeah. So can you like read like a json file and inflate that into content? I assume you could. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's one of the really awesome parts about it. They have it, everything is essentially a webpack loader. Yeah. That yeah that fa- that will pull in Markdown files, HTML files, YAML files, Toml files. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. Literally, you name the file format. Uh, if there isn't already a loader for it that comes with Gatsby, you can write your own. Yeah. And inflate it into posts however you want, which is pretty great. That sounds um, pretty much like what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I think the truth. The thing that took me a little while to get over is that the generated project uh, is very reacty in some kind of unpleasant ways. Okay. Uh, in fact, when I pulled this down, it now has what I would consider to be ancient syntax. Mm. So it's using react.create class and stuff. Ooh. Like, yeah. Um, which is not great. So uh, I, it, there's no reason to use that anymore. So I'm going to work on that and clearly it'll pull in yet it clearly it'll use es7 style stuff or es2016 style stuff um, yeah. because i'm using imports and stuff like that right that should make this doable i did delete every loader that wasn't a markdown loader because people were starting to do weird things and mm-hmm. i was like no we're just you, you get to write markdown or you get to write html or you get to make a component those are your options well so so the reason i asked um about how it's going with that is because so i have the I recently started auto deploying my my Ryan Rampersad site with uh, yeah. GitLab CI, and that's fantastic. But it uses Hugo, and Hugo is written yeah. in Go, which means while it is super duper fast, it's not super duper extensible. Right. Um. And so, if a person were to pursue something a little bit more extensible, this could be an option. Right. Absolutely. I'm wondering. So the thing about GitLab CI is it. Does it work with not GitLab? <laughs> Define not GitLab, please. Uh, uh, does it work with Git repositories hosted not on GitLab? Uh, no. That makes sense. Probably not. Um, but what you can do is don't don't do what I'm going to describe. But you could have a hook that copies another repo, and then you yeah, know it's, a, totally. it's effectively a mirror, and then it goes and builds it. Right. You could do that, but don't do that. Right. I'm I'm work I'm investigating Concourse CI and I have been for some time now. So I so like it a lot. It's a little bit tricky, The reason I, I picked 
GitLab for this is because yeah. I um it I already have GitLab uh, an account. It's um it's literally one file that I need to put in here to make it go, right. and I don't need another service. Yeah. Um. Also, very importantly, it's it's not just CI. It's also deploy. So it's CI and CD. Yep. So I don't know if other services can do um, SSH into another random server because that's kind of a weird thing for other random servers to do. But it's a big right. deal for me because that's what I needed to get to my VPS. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, Concourse has has that you can do an SFTP or an RSync. Sure. Yeah. I'm I'm doing RSync. Yep. That's one of those really bizarre things. I have to literally install RSync into the uh, Docker image every single time because I didn't make a custom one. I getcha. I getcha for sure. Yeah. So I put the I put the uh, GitLab CI YAML in the show notes if you want to look at that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure enough. Look at that. Uh, this looks pretty similar to a Concourse CI script. Yeah, I'm sure everybody copies each other. Yeah, I mean, it, it is YAML, but it, yeah, it's just good. Yep. Oh, man, and then it's just shell scripts. That's even better. It, like it, it. literally is shell scripting in a YAML file. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, unpopular opinion, but I kind of prefer that to Ansible in the way that Ansible has things set up. Yeah. I mean, I love that Ansible has a module for everything, but I, then I have to learn how Ansible writes modules for everything. Yep. Which is not always what I want when, say, I, I just want my deploying scripts to work again, even though I updated Ansible, and now, like, permissions are all messed up. And <laughs> Nope, can't do that. Can't do that. So I feel like there was a question about the JavaScript Minnesota thing. Was there a question? Oh, for me about for me to you? Or yes. About the site or about the? I don't know. Like I thought you were asking me a question about it, but I distracted oh. all of us. Oh, 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 <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I I agree with you that I had a question. I also agree with you that I don't remember what it is. It's because I only have uh, 128 megabits of RAM. <laughs> <laughs> megabits. In my brain. Megabits. I can only I can only keep one sentence in my brain at any given time. I don't blame you, even in the slightest. It's like a it's like a uh, it's like a eleventh uh, grader implementing a uh, or, or like like building a a video game on a graphing calculator. That's about how much room uh, I have in working memory in my brain. <laughs> uh, that's pretty wow. Ti eighty three. Ooh, that's not a lot of yep. memory. TI-83 Plus. Oh, yeah, Plus, yes, still, right. Still, still in the TI-83 series. There's a really good emulator for Android for the 83. It's really good. Perfect. Right on. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, what are they up to now? Oh, TI-86? It, 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 no, I mean, it does. there's an 89, and there has been since the 90s. I mean, I don't think they even make new ones anymore. Oh, man, that's right, because everyone just uses Wolfram Alpha. <laughs> Can't use Wolfram Alpha during um, your test, though. But you can you use an eighty nine. Able to though. Basically, I agree. It would kind of make the whole calculus class kind of like redundant. Yeah, that's fair. But like, what if what if we taught people using Wolfram instead? I've launched Wolfram like Wolfram like twice, but I mean, can you imagine? Like, if, I don't know. Like, I already had to pay so much to go to the U. Do I really need to pay for another software license? No, you just get a, a Raspberry Pi. Oh, sure. Right. 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 Or um, there, there is like a community edition of it that's like. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I remember the path on the website that I maintained for like four years up until up until 
a year ago today. Ooh, well, that is pretty uh, weird, isn't it? Uh, oh my goodness. So let's see if I remember the URL. Um, ooh, I wonder if this redirect works. Man, did they kill the link? Oh man, I don't remember. I don't remember the link. Oh man, that makes me so sad. You need you need more silver sponsors. Yeah. So the so okay, a little bit of super inside baseball. Everyone's <laughs> like, everyone wants to give us a lot of a lot of money, which is great. But a lot of but like we need to we need to not sometimes yeah no i i totally get that we we yeah so like if 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 you know of any medium-sized companies that'd be willing to kick in like 500 dollars a year or something like that that would be you know yeah that, that would be super awesome and super helpful but like we, we really we don't need any more banner sponsors right we right. appreciate the interest is i assume a banner sponsor is the platinum one Right, those are the ones who get like a one-minute intro, uh, right? At everything, at every meetup. So, like, yeah, we, we don't need to extend the announcements any longer, right? Uh, so, you, something a little bit more small and reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome that we have so much interest. Like, that's great. It's just kind of, uh, yeah. We we realize now that uh, we didn't really float any of the sponsorship levels right. to anyone beforehand. We just kind of defined the top level based on whatever our existing sponsors gave us. And at sure. that point we only had two. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, um, it's uh, pro- probably about something we should have floated by more folks um, because, because now we have a lot of people who want to give us a lot of money, which is great, but it's uh, har- harder to process because imagine if we had a 15 second video intro for yeah. any of the six or seven folks who did it. Oh man, that's the first three minutes. Of the- <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's too long. Yeah, I agree. I mean, at that point, what you have to start doing is almost like rotating them through, and that's just getting messy and crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I totally get where you're coming from there. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, maybe that's my question about JavaScript Minnesota. We'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll, we'll use that one for now. Yeah. we like, But the site is really cool. The, the designer who worked on it uh, filled in much of, the, much of the text, wink, wink, mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, and really gave it a, a nice, uh, a nice aesthetic that I think is really solid and repeatable. Um, I've been working on breaking out all of his work, which is in static HTML and sure. components yep. that Tot- are a little bit more reusable. reusable. Wow! So you know, in Vue, yeah. what you could do is literally copy and paste that HTML, and then add little squiggly brackets as variables, and then just tell Vue that those are variables, and then you can just pass them in as props. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. It's exactly what I did for the meetup. Uh, component on on github too yep so easy in view it's it's not that much less easy in javascript i actually defined the interactivity first did you say javascript and mean react or react sorry just checking because i know javascript and react are the same thing now so yeah i actually superfluously uh changed everything to class name that's no longer necessary oh really I believe that's the case. Does that get like transpiled in by like Webpack or something? Yeah, because it can tell it's it's in JSX. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, gosh, because that is one of my most hated things about JSX. The way that everything is like this camel case property, even when it ought not to be. Yeah, I gotcha. So 
<laughs> I the other thing I ha- also hate is all all of these people passing in styles through JavaScript. I just ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. No. I, I I get that. I've never really had so many styles that I've had to have had to have done that. Um. I guess I guess I am here, but um. And then, like in a React Native app, it's kind of a different story. But right then, then that makes a little bit more sense. But I just I hate putting all my styles and all my components. What if you? Well, you know, like then it goes back to the argument. Well, if you were gonna recolor your website, you'd have to do it everywhere anyway. But I don't totally buy that argument with styles. Yeah, I think centralized style sheets are just fine for me. Yeah, me too. I actually have a I actually have a meetup styles variable in here, but I don't think it's being used. In fact, it's not being used. It's not being used at all. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to just delete that at some point. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to review my own pull request. Oh man! Whoa, that's that's pretty brave. Will it even let me? No, it won't because I'm not logged in. Oops. So, so uh, what what was the other one? So there's like Gatsby, but there was another JavaScript one. What was that one called? Uh, Hexo. I saw it. Hexo. Yeah, I am not sure what to think about that i actually kind of like like gatsby mostly because it's the one that i know yeah 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 um and hexo seems to be a little bit i don't know they're all they're all kind of the same to be honest i i think i like gatsby better because it has that um you know it's webpack based and not um right and not using a um what do you what do you call this thing uh ejs stuff yeah exactly i don't really want ejs i don't really yeah i i like i like the the way that it kind of inherits from Webpack, as you mentioned. Yeah, I, I like that. Admittedly, so my personal website, Brandon.mn, is still using Glimmer. Still. It is still not very... Uh, I've, I've done very little to it since I wrote it in Glimmer, and I probably spent about an hour writing it in Glimmer. I made a cute little word mark that makes it look like I am an art museum in the uh, in the late '90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is pretty much all I've ever wanted to be. Um, yeah, I'm like the Minneapolis Institute of Art in circa 1998. Um, but uh, working with Glimmer has been kind of interesting too, because I it's so quick, it's so quick, and nothing I do has any state and. Um, as a result, I kind of, I've kind of fallen for it as a static site generator. Yeah. If literally everything is just, um, if everything is just text, right. Mm -hmm. I've fallen for it in that sense because you have your template file and you have your component file and the component files are all empty (laughs) and, and everything's a a mustache template and and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. That, that makes it pretty easy. Yeah. But I guess that's exactly what you described about, um, uh, Excel. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I I like the component model a little bit better, but it just yep, feels yep. like you can be more flexible with it if you need to be. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, um, off the record, I've got to go take a look at some stuff. Yeah, you should do um, that. But I I will I will share with you the stuff as soon as as soon as the stuff has materialized. Yeah, if you ever remember um, whatever your question was, let me know. Oh yeah, I'll. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep you posted on that too. Like if you um, uh, like read those pages back into memory. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They they, they were s- swapped out to the uh, to my to my sixty four k of NAS. Uh, of, of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're still transferring over there. Yeah. Right. I just can't. 
uh, <laughs> cognitively, I can't, I can't get to that bus. No, not even close. <laughs> I missed that bus. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so many metaphors. Yeah. Anyhow. Yep. Okay. Anyhow, thanks. This is super fun. Yes, this um, was fun. I, I see. I never get to talk to anybody who actually like, you know, codes for a living and stuff. So it's fun. Right on, right on. Isn't yeah, that a weird thing to say? No, I get you. I get you. Um, Where is, oh, it's on. Okay. So I couldn't find which window you were in, but you're on the other computer. So. Okay. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> that will do it. Okay. Well, oh, so one last thing we didn't talk about related to the iMac is like, <laughs> well, you talked about this, is that like the, that it comes with a screen, right? Yes. And everything is kind of soldered solid to the, uh, soldered to the board or, right. or otherwise difficult to remove or replace or upgrade. Excuse me. So, but I think um, a number of folks who have Mac Pros uh, or had Mac Pros at the office had replaced them with iMacs. Um, so I think... That that's going to be a pretty solid compromise for folks who have Mac Pros in the meantime. Yeah, and yeah. Particularly in my field, I don't think it'll be good enough for everybody, but I think particularly in advertising, mm-hmm. it's. I think it's a weird thing um, because they are like nobody was really asking for Xeons. Yeah. In an iMac, people were asking for Xeons in a box. Yep. And and so that's the weird spot, like. I guess people, everybody was going to buy, you know, some kind of, you know, what, whatever the 5K LG display was, and that's basically a thousand dollars anyway. Everybody was going to buy that, so you're really buying the computer and box at the same time, and that's fine. Sure is. I, I think sure it's it's a, it's still to me a tough sell. Like, did I really need to spend five thousand dollars if it had just um a, a seventy seven um you know seventy seven hundred K in it? Wouldn't that have been enough? Right. I gotcha. I get you. Absolutely. I mean, speaking as somebody who has a 7700K, it's definitely more than enough for me. Right. Especially I mean, considering I, yeah. I mean, I guess you're, you're, you're probably not rendering video, maybe like an advertiser might, but even if an advertiser was, they would have a rendering farm or, you know, they would have right. actual production services to go and, you know, convert all that video and stuff. Yeah, exactly. They, they'd they have editing bays for this stuff. Hashtag, hashtag editing bay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, even the folks I know who who are generating large amounts of assets and moving them between computers relatively frequently, they they do so just like just like anyone else would with uh, uh, with a USB three or Thunderbolt external hard drive. Yep. Um, render it on your fancy iMac with thirty two some gigs of RAM, and and uh, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, just such a hard sell, tough sell. Yeah. Cool product, but I think. You know, like all the other Apple products, the Apple tax might just be too high. Yeah, I uh, gotcha. I yeah, I, we talked about this during the show, but like I once I got rid of that bad sticker RAM, <laughs> uh, like you remember, I'm, I'm really, I'm really sold uh, sold on that computer, right? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, you know, it, it um a, a year ago I think Matt was building a computer. And yeah. it was it was collectively our first um, DDR4 computer, and right. so because it was our first computer, and we just happened to get a bad motherboard, we didn't know if it was the motherboard or the memory that was bad. Yeah. And so we tried for two days to make that thing get a stable install of Windows, and you know we tried Ubuntu, we tried Xbuntu, we tried yeah. everything we could, 
and we didn't have any other memory because it was the first year of our computer. We had nothing else. Well, it turns yeah, out it was legitimately the motherboard, but man, did that suck. Um, yeah, because it's very difficult to test for sure. Yeah, um, and, and and it's a weird problem because like one time we got an install of Windows that was fine, but then it started to slow down immeasurably, and then it just crashed. Yep. Yep. Yeah, those, I get you those, sure. those those blue screens and those memory issues. Yeah, it's tough. Yep, yep. Well, I actually, do you do you remember just a couple months ago when I was rebuilding this computer? I mm-hmm. thought I had a memory issue with that. Yeah. And it just so happened that in that case, it wasn't even it wasn't even that. It was just that I don't know how memory works, <laughs> um, which might be the, very well be the title of this fringe. Um, because like I, I had to reseat the RAM a bunch of times, and then once once I found the magic. The, the the slot that was working yeah i was able to move into the uh into the firmware and uh discovered that two of the slots were disabled so, so uh yeah i mean but how, why would a slot ever be disabled on a computer that's the real question that is a, that, that dear is a intel question. yeah yeah well that oh, wow. that i guess that brings up a discussion for yet again another show which is the weird mess of the x299 and new enthusiast lineup oh my goodness yeah that's right i so i kept uh i kept whenever anyone would mention that at work in the slack i'd I'd replace it with like a uh, a picture of the bmw car with the exact same exact same number yeah right it's like the uh there's an the i9 is oh electrical um a weird electrical like spider Actually, there might even be an i7. It totally is an i7. It's the exact same as an i5, but it's just a seven series. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's the electric model model, uh, the electric seven series. Ah, yes. What what if what if uh, BMW and Intel just like named like named named everything in parallel? So you'd have like I don't know uh, Marco or Casey who had like a BMW. Uh, the electric sedan, so it'd be an i5, but they have like a corresponding i5 processor. Well, so here's the thing. Marco isn't interested in anything less than a 10 core Xeon. This is fair. (laughs) I I totally understand it. So you're right. It would probably be a Casey thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine because he wants the MacBook adorable, which maybe it plausibly could have an i5 someday. This is true. Oh my God. No, wait. Do I... Yeah, that's right. They haven't updated those since launch, have they? Um. Well, no. They just they just did they just updated them. They're using Cabby Lake generation, but they're still that M M line nonsense. Ah, right. So I'm so my laptop has not an M series but a U series i seven. Yeah. Wait. What? What's your part number? Uh, i seven seventy five hundred U. Weird. Is that is that a thing? Is that not a thing? No, that is definitely a thing, but it's not the good i7. You're right. It's not, is it? No, that's not the quad core. So if you had a 7700 HQ, that would be a legit quad core part. You're running um, effectively what would be a MacBook Air i7. No. Yeah, it's the 17. I mean, it's the 15 watt TDP model. That's not a quad core. Uh, it totally has four logical cores. Uh, two cores, four threads. Here, I'll give you the link. It's in the show notes. Bob, say it. I've been bamboozled. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure enough, you're right. And and, wow. and that and that processor, I will tell you though, is beautiful because its base clock is two point seven, and in a MacBook Air, oh, people would pay thousands of dollars for that. 
approximately $12.99, which is the price of the new crappy MacBook Pro. This is fair. This is fair. (laughs) So I guess it's not so bad then that I, uh, well, considering I paid like $800 for that laptop, it's like... I mean, look at this. 7.5 watts on the low end and 25 on the high end. What a good, like, and that's, that's, that's TDP, like, burst. That's right. so good. It it does get a pretty darn solid amount of battery life for a non-Mac laptop. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I really respect about it. Um, I haven't run into any difficulties with any compilation or anything with it, so. So, last uh, year, I bought that um, HP Envy, you know, split yeah. one, like, the one that flips back on itself. And, yeah. and I just, I just, I just wanted a laptop. I didn't care really what I bought. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it had a 6500 U in Which it. Is the, yeah. The, the previous generation. And, and I was very disappointed to find out that, well, no, wait. Yes. So even though it had the, the i7 lead, like the yeah. line, it was a 65, which meant it sucked. Um, if it had been like a 67, I assume the seven would have meant that it actually had a real number of cores. Right. Yeah, how, how misleading oh. Intel. How could you? Right. Ah, uh, well. So it goes. Well, yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. And and look at the rest, recommended customer price on these two parts. Like, 393 Ugh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit, uh, a little bit pricey. So, like, you can tell that price is fake because a consumer could never actually buy a laptop part. So, right. So it doesn't really matter what it's priced at. It's 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 probably I don't know two hundred dollars for Apple. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I'm looking at the processor that's in my desktop right now. I did not pay three hundred and thirty nine dollars for for this processor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, you know like the that that new lineup is super cool and all, but my real problem with it and and so it's obviously competing with Threadripper, which is the AMD side of bolt cores yeah um my problem with it is intel should have pushed some of those higher core configurations below even enthusiast lineup and, and below their other motherboard should right. it should be available on lga just plain like just whatever number we're on 1156 or whatever just put it in there absolutely but no let's make an i9 because that's a good plan very true very true also, what's funny are all of those new, all of those new um, two X two ninety nine chips. They all have a higher TDB than their equivalent um, in either of the Ryzen or Threadripper lineup. Right. So Intel is the one this time who's high TDP. Ugh. Oh goodness! My gosh, nobody can win anymore. Very true. Very true. The the max memory that your CPU supports is sixty four gigabytes. I have 32. Hey, you were is... you were close. Oh, is it laptop or desktop? Um, the 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 oh well, no, actually, this is the desktop. Never mind. Yeah, the desktop supports up to 64. I don't think the laptop supports up to 64. Yeah, it's because it doesn't that... have enough cores for it. <laughs> 16 gigabytes per core. Yeah, so I've I I think I have 16 gigs. Oh well, um, I don't installed. know. Just the 16. Um. But it supports up to 32. Number uh, of displays said, supported. Three. Nice. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, one day these processors, one day we'll have them. Very true. Very true. But in the meantime. 
that that laptop is is like super sweet though. It has a Retina display, uh, the hardware Ethernet port. I'm sure I'm going to use it like twice. But it's going to be so nice when you have it. Exactly. I don't have to use any dongles. It has onboard HDMI. I can take it with me and I can present from it. I can open up a Vim window. You have reminded me about a very important thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. So how often do you, um, well, that's your personal laptop, but I guess on, so you use the MacBook Pro for work, right? Yep. Yep. So so do you ever go hardwired out of the MacBook Pro? Uh, Ethernet? Yeah. Okay. So at my desk, I have a Ethernet to Thunderbolt adapter. Mm. And the second I feel even remotely like I'm dropping Wi-Fi, yep. I will I will just like plug in that that um that Ethernet cable like it's uh like it's a habit. Yeah, so we're we're doing a big demo for a client on Thursday, and I was going to tell them at the office like we need to figure out how we can get these computers wired into the network because Skype hates nothing more than network latency. For sure. So let's use the network that we have. Yep. This is true. Yeah. So there have been a couple of situations where I've done that otherwise. So if I was doing large file transfers, peer to peer file transfers among folks on our network, I'll usually uh, use the Ethernet cable for that um, because our wired network is, I believe, gigabit. Mm -hmm. It it, it has to be gigabit. I can't imagine it be anything less. Cool. Yeah. I made a Slack reminder for myself. Nice. So good. Yeah, but like other than that, um, so at JavaScript Minnesota, we actually have one Ethernet cable, and I think that's going to help us live stream if okay. we ever decide to live stream. Um, so, so are you guys going to get a um, higher definition camera for that? Uh, it's funny you mention that. Uh, yes, Kay. we are going to do that as soon as our next quarter of sponsors cool uh just checking in. we might all in the meantime we're going to not use the crappy web camera that we have been using in the past uh, because we have no yeah have no control over it whatsoever no control yeah yeah it's it is it, it's one of the one of the bad things about um so when i was doing my presentation i walked out of view a lot and it's like oops yeah, and it's like, how, how do you convey that to people? It's it, it would be easy if it were a regular camera, but because of the way the webcam works, yeah, it's very difficult to convey that. I think I think the uh, be- the the way you can kind of enforce it is to have a preview of whatever's actually being recorded visible. Yeah, but that yep. gets into a lot of tedious setup stuff. Yep, I think what we're gonna do in the meantime is uh, for June at least, we're going to just tape an X on uh, the floor, just, just record the screen. And okay, yeah, that tape X on the floor. Yeah, but uh, so for Todd's Todd's talk last time, we got uh, I just used his, his uh, the screen capture video, so yeah. HDMI out from his computer. Um, uh, so w- I, what you could do on the on in the produced video is you could yeah. put their like Twitter avatar and handle in the like lower third or something. So like maybe you don't yeah. get to see them in person, but at least you get to see their face still. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's definitely something that we've been kind of uh, thinking about and trying to tweak. There's one person on the team who really badly wants to have a, uh, have it essentially be uh, live streamed, like recording what is essentially a live stream without actually live streaming it. And I think that's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, but, it's <laughs> tough. It's, it's so hard to pull off that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's hire a production team and then we can talk about that. Yeah. But 
Um, and not a moment sooner. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, you watch people on like Twitch or not, not, well, yeah, Twitch for sure. Yeah. But like even on Twitch, which are totally unrelated things. And yep. you and you can see them swapping between different scenes in their little video streaming program, and it's like, oh my gosh, sure. how can you do that while playing the game? Yep, very true, yep. very true. I think there's there's going to be another aspect too, which is if if I can swing it, I'd like to not have to leave the laptop up there, right? Because I've like it's very conspicuous for me to get up and check the laptop mid presentation, yeah, as it currently stands, right? And it then wasn't... and then you'll trip over something. And then unplug it and yeah. ruin everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I know. It's it's tough. I mean, what if you had like a little Mac Mini that you could just stuff in a box? Exactly. That's mm. that's what I'm thinking. Mm. I'm thinking of 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 something like a maybe, maybe not necessarily a Mac Mini, but kind of like a Mac Mini. Yeah, that you a, a little computer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even, a, even an NUC, an executive computing. No, no. Suffice. Yeah, well, I mean, that's gonna suck. So yeah, hit or miss. Very true. Very true. But you know something that something Gosh, that Apple could make so much money if they just update the mini. Yep. Oh, yeah. Man. When was the last time the mini was updated? Like five hundred days ago. I'm surprised the Mac Mini on Google still goes to the Apple website. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, April fourth, two thousand seventeen. Apple says Mac Mini is quote important, but remains tight lipped about future updates. Yeah, tight lipped as in uh, um, they have nothing to say because they don't care. Yep. Oh my god! According to Mac rumors, it's been nine hundred days. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mac Mini, don't buy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Almost a thousand days. Yeah, I, I, they could. Yikes! It is clearly a dead product. But it it has so much uh, utility, and it's, it goes back to that same thing. Like, I don't need Xeons, but I need more than an iPad, but I don't need an iMac. What's the solution? Yep. Very true. Very, very true. Oh, man, they say don't... Uh, so now I'm looking at the buyer's guide on Mac Rumors, and Apple TV says don't buy. <laughs> so what products are... Li- okay, what was Mac what now? Buyer guide? Uh, yeah. Buyersguide.macrumors.com. I got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's find out what should buy. Wow, nine point seven iPad Pro. Buy now. Okay, cool, great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess, right? Or I could just wait until November and I'll be on sale anyway again. Right. Right. Why? Why is the twelve point nine inch buy now? Okay, fine. I guess. Day since last released one. That's pretty funny, actually. iPad Mini do right. not buy. Uh, iPad buy. iPhone SE don't buy. iPhone don't buy. iPod Touch is super don't buy. Wow, six hundred ninety-two. That's insane. Right. Okay. Um. Computers. This is the longest. This is the longest release. Uh, the longest time since update for most Apple products. <laughs> that's not a surprise. They they, yeah. they they're just having so much trouble these days. Uh, right. Mac Pro don't buy. Wow, sixty three days. That's that's pretty good. Nine sixty four. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty abysmal. I mean, who wouldn't pay six hundred dollars for a real Mac Mini? <sighs> yeah, you know, I sure wh- would. like they could um, just take the screen off the MacBook Air, plug it in, and then it's a Mac Mini. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, someday. 
And then Apple TV, iPod Shuffle, and iPad Nano. Don't buy. Also, Apple Watch Neutral. Right. So I'm kind of intrigued by the next, what the next iteration of the Apple Watch will be. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I might, I might buy a Series Three. So we were talking at work, like, what yeah. if, what if, um, and and this cannot happen, but what if the next one actually did have some, you know, at least it would at least work with an Android device, right? Because right. it's really the only smartwatch that anybody cares about, right? Yeah. So I. You have to wonder, like, I think with Android, I uh, so so the trick is like the the thing that I really like about the Apple Watch is that it has a lot of like sneaky ways of communicating with my phone that I appreciate. Yeah, uh, like the way that activity data is synced and stuff like that. And I think you could do that, but then Apple would have to maintain it. That's Android what I. App. That's what I said. Well, they're not afraid of maintaining an Android app anymore. They do that now. Yeah, but it's like an Android app that is essentially a port of very low level yeah that's what i that's what i argued against too so can you imagine having to explain to people why doesn't my apple watch work on my phone well it's because your phone doesn't have bluetooth basically like people don't get it and that will never happen right Mm -hmm. hey look it's the talk show live with gruber at wwdc streamed via atp.fm slash live Oh my god, I had no idea. Okay, I'm retweeting it. Here you go. Today's the day. Yeah, Woo-hoo! sure enough, look at that. Marco Emmett providing a live audio stream on ATP's website. That's hilarious. Yeah, that it's literally just ATPFM slash live is something else. Oh man, the clapping, it's so loud. So, so, um, do you, can you see Marco's avatar? On the ATP.FM page or on Twitter? On Twitter. Let's see. So for me... His avatar yep, al- always is an X. Hmm. Now I can see it. I can see it. So in the Slack channel, shortly there will be a screenshot. Jam. What? Oh, sorry. I'm so I have the yeah. I have the uh, thing on it, low volume. Jam software is over by me. They're over oh, by me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there. So you know where Penny's Coffee is over on uh, what you may call it. Oh, that's unreal. That it's an X. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's an image format that doesn't isn't supported. Oh my gosh, it's one. the new one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna just go to Twitter.com to find out more. What a troll! Oh, and of course, when I go to Twitter.com, I don't see a single tweet that just happened. I see tweets from like five days ago. Oh my gosh, right? I hate Twitter.com. Right. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Why well, you see less often? Yes, I agree. Oh gosh, I don't know what happens when we lose Twitter in a year. Like when it just fails. Don't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. I, I, no, what, I get you. What are we gonna do? I don't know. We'll all go to our own slacks, and that'll be it. So his his image is literally. Untitled dash one fifty eight dash two underscore bigger dot jpg. Same. So I don't know. It looks like it's a JPG on um the website, so maybe it's just my client. Right. Who knows? But it's only his avatar that doesn't load. Maybe it's a cached thing. Maybe like a download was interrupted and it's just cached like that and it'll stay there for ever. However long. Yeah. I guess. I getcha. So I had that issue once with my with Tweetbot, Tweetbot had just saved a bunch of things that didn't make sense, uh, and it didn't work. But I don't know for sure. 
Oh, man. I think I'm probably going to have to call it because I've got a a couple of things I need to do yet tonight for work. Yeah, and, you should do that. But uh, I will probably awesome. uh, edit this tomorrow and get it out for Wednesday evening, I think. Sounds good. Sounds good. I did record my end anyhow, just oh, because sure. I wanted to see if I could if I could do the thing, um, if I could get it get it going. Uh, and it turns out that yes, Adobe Audition does work. That's good. <laughs> so, do you pay for like CC? Uh, just Adobe Audition. Oh wow! Because okay. I could not I could not justify eight hundred dollars a month, so I'm buying them literally month to month as I determine whether or not I wish to use them. Um, so uh, PodKit 29 was finished in audition. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. So 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 how do you pub, like the how do you like the audition then? It is so Audacity is great, but audition I, I don't know what happened. Like I launched audition and immediately I was able to do all of the things that I want to do with audio much quicker. Yeah. See, I've always thought like, about it. Yeah. So like I've Adobe has a lot of problems. But I very strongly prefer most of their products, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Just because, just because they've done a really good job of like preserving these metaphors across across products in ways that make it really discoverable for somebody who knows Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign yeah. to use any other Adobe product. Mm-hmm. Because I can find, oh, what's the what's the crop tool for this paradigm? What's the um, you know, right? Selecting audio was about as uh, as simple as it was with uh, with uh, Audacity, but Audition it felt much more like the situations where it moved into that tool automatically yep. were a lot more intuitive to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, any sort of filtering I wanted to do, which by the way, I realized the more that I try to equalize my voice, the more nasally it sounds, which I just find hilarious. That is pretty like, fun. Every- Everyone else, I can I can usually do pretty pretty moderately all right. But for me, I always tune my voice so it's way more nasally, and I don't understand it. It it well maybe it just sounds more fun, more <laughs> no, more, more novel, not novel perhaps. Or you we'll, might we'll say see. more nasal. Nasal, yep. Only one way to find out. Oh, um, yeah, it's like one of those things where when I when I when I set it up in Audacity or when I set it up in the in the uh editing tool i just noticed that um i i don't notice it when i edit it but then when i when i write it out i'm like oh my god how did i why did i why did i equalize it that way Mm -hmm. it's not equalized at all well so you can always do what i do which is i don't edit the show that's fair (sighs) so easy so simple right but the thing is brian brian's track was so so much louder than ours oh well that's an easy fix i brought his down i brought his down but then his his voice still resonated a little bit more, and yeah. I was like, "Man, we, <laughs> man, man, that that the dude can't abide that." <laughs> uh, to quote the Big Lebowski, yeah, and totally picture it. Um, so so to try to normalize that a little bit more, I equalized me a little bit. You you were you were splendid. You had it you had it set perfectly before I, when I even uh, imported it. That's what I, that's what I get for using the, uh, uh, ATR 2100 on a Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sure enough. All right. Well, for reals, I'd probably better, uh, better skedaddle. Yep. Sounds good. Have a good one. Until next time. You too. See ya. There you go. And that was fringe for the NS 52 episode. 
which is WWDC 2017. And welcome to Ryan Rappersad's Developer Hour and a half. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of the story there. Um, I'm going to quickly record the title. Uh, I used to do this back in the old days, and so I hope I'm going to be able to do this again. Or, well, now that I think about it, though, if I'm going to edit the show tomorrow, maybe I'll just do this tomorrow, to be honest. Um, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe I could cheat this. So, Monday, June 5th. There we go. This is an Nexus special, episode 52, WWDC 2017, on Monday, June 5th, 2017. And now, thanks, Furious Potato. This episode of the Nexus Special is hosted by Brandon Johnson and Ryan Rampersad. And so the reason for this title is that um, I no longer care what day this was actually recorded on because we're implying here that this is WWDC on Monday, 2017, uh, June 5th. Um, and so that is the end of the story, and I'm going to go take a nap because I've been pushing insulation into a um, machine all day. So I hope you have a good one. Watch out for cars.